Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Uh, welcome back to Hurt Tell. I'm Andrew Donaldson. Uh, excited about this one. New guy on the program. I've uh, been wanting to put this together with him for a while. Finally got it done. Addison Hosner. He's an attorney. He's a Young Voices contributor. He's down in Florida doing a lot of civil litigation stuff, and we have some civil matters to discuss with him today. How are you, sir? Doing good, Aaron. Uh, Andrew, I apologize. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I promise you I've been called far worse by far more important people. Don't sweat it one little bit. Uh, you've been writing in the uh, Spectator about Congress and uh, trading, and we don't mean baseball cards. We mean stocks, bonds, and other things. I, I just kind of want to open the floor for you to explain this to folks, because just on the just on the side of this, to the common person, look at it. There's no way this is right, legal, or moral, or whatever else grounds you want to put on. This thing just looks bad all the way around, don't it? Yeah, Andrew, uh, I'll just you know, start from the top here. I mean, th this story has been developing. Uh, I wrote that piece back in kind of the tail end of December of last year. And the first reports that I was kind of seeing of this insider trading with Congress was back in around October of last year. But I promise you, it's been going on for a lot longer than that. I would presume decades. Uh, the main issue here is there's been some uh, questions raised, especially directed at our current Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi about stock holdings that look very uh, suspiciously timed, that have benefited her and many other members of Congress in a very scrupulous way. Uh, and make no mistake, I'd like to really emphasize this isn't a partisan issue. This is on both sides of the aisle. Uh, Republicans and Democrats are both really taking advantage of the information that they have from their public office positions. So, you know, the big issue here was there's some members of Congress and a lot of people in the general public who want to prevent or outright ban um, congressional members from being able to trade securities. And, you know, as a, as a free market guy, the idea of banning people from participating in the market, yeah, that, that does rub me uh, slightly wrong. I, I give that a lot of pause. But when you really think about the people we're talking about, these are not just your you know, average Joe. These are people who are writing our laws and who have information about what's going to occur, what's going to affect these stocks, what's going to affect our markets. And so for them to utilize that information from an office in which we elected them to, it's problematic. Uh, we're going to, you know, we people are worried about corruption as it is. And with this happening, I think we're going to have a developing uh, issue of people maybe running for office, not for the intent to help the general welfare of our, of our public, but for their own personal gain. And that's what's essentially happening right now. Um, so the speaker came out and openly said, you know, we're a free market. We should be able to participate in these things and has really been very lenient on trying to enforce uh, regulation on congressional members. So that's where we stand right now, and we can delve into it a little more. 
Yeah. And like you said, this is uh, anybody that's watched Congress with any kind of paying attention. This is not a new issue. Uh, I know on the Senate side, Richard Burr is being forced into retirement over a similar scandal. Uh, Not a household name, but a very powerful senator for many, many years. He's got some questionable trading activities that is basically pushing him out of office now. We can go back in history and find lots of examples of this. Uh, Where it gets messy, though, is you have somebody like the Speaker of the House whose spouse, her husband, is a very wealthy individual from trading and other business affairs. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of tentacles to this. How do we start kind of getting our arms around a story that's this big? Because obviously you have people in halls of power. We have Congress people. They're in charge of things like regulating. They have the power of the purse, these things. Just where do we even start getting into something this big? Because we know there's something wrong, but it's so big, you kind of see it from the outside. It's like, how do I even start approaching this issue? Yeah, I mean, so, Andrew, I think a good place to even start tackling with this issue is like we go back uh, to basically the public trust. And, you know, we talk about how big the problem is. The Pew back in 1958 started a poll about people's uh, opinions and trust in government officials back in 1958. And at that point, 73% of the American public trusted our government officials. The last time that poll was uh, conducted was in April of 2021, and only 24% of Americans actually believe and trust our government officials. And I would surmise that that percentage is much lower now than it was in April of last year. So when we look at the issue, there's 535 congressional members, voting members, Of those 535, 430 of them last year did not make any securities trading. So that's a vast majority. The problem we have here, though, is 105 members did do securities trading. And those 105 members in 2021 alone racked up $290 million in the buying and selling of stocks. 105 individuals, $290 million. That is, it's incomprehensible, especially when you consider the average salary of a congressional member is $174,000. Speaker Pelosi's salary is 223000 annually, and yet uh, the millions that they're generating from these sales is, is astonishing. This isn't even taking into account the $140 million in options trading, which if the listeners aren't aware, put and call options are basically betting on stock prices, whether they will go up or down. And there was $140 million in options trading last year by six congressional members, six members, $140 million. There was $124 million in private equity funds by 19 congressional members. And then, you know, on a much smaller scale, but I think it's mainly because of the age of congressional members not understanding the technology yet, half a million dollars in cryptocurrency trading occurred as well by only six members. So where do we start and how do we address this? And we look right now, John Ossoff, who's a senator from Georgia, he's a Democrat, uh, is proposing a bill right now in which congressional members have to put all their, uh, any securities trading into a blind trust. And that blind trust will then be where any investments they want to do will occur while they're in office. Uh, he wants to ban the spouses and family members of these congressional members from being able to make trades. I haven't been able to delve into the specific language. I would, instead of, again, banning someone from participating, I think family members, spouses, congressional members, blind trust, I think is a decent solution for this. Um, there's you know two outspoken members of Congress right now, um, Alexandria Acosia. AOC, as she's referred to, you know, she's very uh, partisan in, in people's opinions of her, but she's been very outspoken and a champion of the American people saying that this is wrong and people are benefiting from this. So I do commend her for trying to bring attention to this issue. On the Republican side, there's been two who have been outspoken and are presenting their own bills, and that's Chip Roy and Michael Cloud, both Republicans out of Texas. So there is some bipartisan support here. 
Uh, but the problem is the vast majority of these 105 members of Congress are going to oppose this. I mean, why, why would they get rid of what's been lining their pocketbooks? So, you know, I make a point in the article I wrote about who watches the Watchmen. And that's essentially what we have here. How do we assist in helping a situation in which the people who could assist are the same ones profiting from their own racketeering? And my only call to help is to look at these reports, the public disclosures by the public officials, and vote them out. That's really your best recourse here. You'd have to get rid of these individuals to then put people in who want to fix the problem. Because until we do that, how, how can we govern those who govern us? Yeah, we're talking to Addison Hosner about uh, Congress and trading. Let's do some nomenclature real quick. Put your lawyer hat on for it and explain this to me like I'm five, just to make sure everybody's on the same page. Just knowing something's going to happen and buying stock about it, that's not necessarily insider trader by the legal terminology. Now, obviously, we have an extra layer here because we have lawmakers, so they have even more knowledge about things like maybe pending regulation, or obviously they they deal with lobbyists who have insider information and run. Work through the nomenclature a little bit for us here because we're throwing a lot of terms around. Just make sure everybody's on the same page that what is an insider trading in its normal term, and then what would be inappropriate trading when it comes to a lawmaker, because those two things might have a little bit of uniqueness to them. Right. So insider trading, which is regulated by the, the SEC, um, at the federal level, is any trade that is done with information that is provided to someone or to some uh, corporate entity that would have any influence at all on the stock price, whether it be going up or going down, or any information at all that you would have. For example, let's say Microsoft has a, an, a new piece of technology they want to introduce, but Congress is discussing a potential regulation that would either limit or completely um, get rid of this new piece of technology. Well, if a Congress member is sitting on that board or that committee, and they know that this legislature is being talked about, and two weeks down the road, they're going to present it, they buy put options on a stock, which is a pretty much betting that this stock will be a lower price by this date. And they do that. And then two weeks down the road, they introduce this bill that says, we're not going to allow this piece of technology to enter the, the public sector. And so then their put option pays out massively. They make, in this situation, millions of dollars. That would be a, an example of insider trading. They have used information that the public is not privy to. It is nothing that you or I would understand or have any knowledge of, but they're using it to their own personal gain. And I think the highest profile case of this with the public citizen is Martha Stewart. Uh, if you think back, I think it was back in the early 2000s, she was given a tip um, by her investment broker or someone along those lines that, hey, this stock is going to tank because there's something going on within the business. You should sell this now or the term that's used is shorting it. You short the sale of the stock. She did that and then was audited and found to have used insider information to benefit herself financially. She was sentenced to five months in federal penitentiary as well as sanctions. Um, that is insider information. Now, a trade that a congressional member or someone could use that is not insider information is simply, uh, you know, a good example right now is, is Reddit. Uh, if anyone is kept stocks on the GameStop issue and Wall Street bets and all of that, going into a public forum and discussing something with your friends saying, hey, you know, I got a good feeling about GameStop. I think that's going to go up. Or I have a good feeling about Apple. Uh, the new iPhone looks really good. And you go, you know what? Yeah, I do like the new iPhone. Or I do think GameStop's going to be a good stock in the future. And so you go out and buy it and then it goes up and you sell and make money. That's not insider trading. That's simply discussion between uh, public citizens. I mean, congressional members can do that. But what can Congress is doing is using their information from their committees 
using the, the regulations they know they're going to put forth and then profiting from that. So that's, I guess, the, the easiest way I can explain the difference between the two. Yeah, we're talking to Addison Hosner, uh, breaking down this story that he is covering along with others about insider trading and some untoward financial things going on in our Congress. We're going to continue to break into this with him when we continue right after this on Hertel. Now, welcome back to Hertel. We're talking to Addison Hosner. Uh, we're going through his piece he wrote in The Spectator and updating it some because it's been a little while and we've had some development since then about what's going on in Congress. Something you said earlier jumped out at me, and I just wanted to bring kind of come back to it for a second. If you have 105 members of Congress with this massive dollar sign, we're talking about trying to reform a problem. That's a fifth of Congress. So when we're talking about, you know, Congress, there's what should happen. But then when you go to vote, there's math. When you've already got a fifth of the Congress that's already embroiled in this thing, it kind of makes somebody like me that's just an outsider looking at it. That makes me skeptical that they're actually going to do anything to self-regulate here. Yeah, it's it's. I, I don't like to sound pessimistic, but it's definitely grim. Um, again, there's reports, thankfully, that are coming out now. And I, I do think the, the growing development of this story, it's really exploding anywhere you turn. I feel like I see Nancy Pelosi articles and congressional articles about insider trading. But the most recent report I saw today uh, just must have recently came out in the last 24 hours, shows that 35 members of that 105 actually beat the S&P 500. Now, the S&P 500 is uh, you know, an ETF fund, which is basically you put your money in and they do the stock trading for you. It's kind of put your money in and let it sit. Uh, 35 of those 105 actually beat that figure. And that figure usually goes up. It's always in the positive. It rarely is not outperforming the market on general. Well, 35 members of Congress outperform that. Uh, at the very top, again, it's a nonpartisan issue, but the names are, are released. And you can see exactly who is making these scrupulous trades and doing so without any you know, reckless abandon, basically. And, and I think those names, I, I'd like to just announce them so people at least are aware these are where these members reside. That's Austin Scott in Georgia leads the way. Uh, these are the top five are Republicans. Brian Mast in Florida, French Hill in Arkansas, John Curtis in Utah, and Dan Crenshaw in Texas, who is very closely followed. It's neck and neck with Nancy Pelosi, the speaker herself. Uh, so those are the top six of the 35. But as you go down the list, it becomes much more uh, nonpartisan. I mean, it Democrat, 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 Republican, Democrat, and it goes down the list. And Business Insider does a great job of also showing the map of the congressional hall, which senators and congressional members are in danger of violating these laws, which ones have openly violated these laws, and which ones are safe, which ones are doing good. And again, 430 are doing good. Um, there is some legislation in place right now to prevent this. It's called the Stock Act, which is the Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge. The Stock Act, very clever of them. This was passed in 2012, but the issue here is it's lip service. It, it's actually ineffective. It's it's just there to make us feel like we're safe. Uh, you know, the teddy bear is in our hands. Don't worry, we're regulating ourselves. We got this. So the Stock Act requires the congressional members report any trades they make within 45 days. Well, that rarely happens. Last year, 54 members of Congress didn't report their trades within 45 days. And 182 staffers, these are people who work for congressional members, maybe not those 54, but people who work in Congress, also violated the Stock Act. So again, the question of who watches the watchman, this is where the, you know, we talk about what can be done about this. Um, there's no oversight, really. And making another committee to oversight the committee 
of people who are violating things on their own committee. It just becomes too many cooks in the kitchen. So um, I, I really do. This looks at look at the maps, look at who's violating these things and try to organize ways to get these people out. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has been in office for 35 years and, uh, you know, she's made millions of dollars on a, let's say, $174,000 salary. Her estimated net worth is between 40 and $252 million. Uh, so you do the math, 174 pre-tax and you're pulling in even at 40 million. That's questionable. Um, so the best thing really is to support the, the members who are putting forth these bills like John Ossoff and uh, Chip Roy, Michael Cloud, AOC, any of these people who are actually advocating to prevent this, I would pull your support behind them, regardless of your, your political affiliation and what you think of them outside of that. I think this is a unified front. I think all Americans agree this is wrong. We need to correct this. And a public servant is just that. They serve us. We don't serve them. So let's stop rewarding them for that. Yeah, Addison Hunter joining us talking Congress. Uh, let's be practical here for a minute. Uh, this is an election year. It's going to be a highly contentious election year. 2022 is, of course, a midterm election. We're expecting there to be a lot of turnover in Congress. Uh, is there a chance that just sheer politics is going to play a role here? Maybe this will get more attention because it's an election year than it otherwise might have. Is there a potential for it to be like the House banking scandal or like the post office scandal or some of the other you know, untoward financial scandals we've had in the past? Or do you think because it's an election year, they might try to sweep this under the rug? Because, again, this is a lot of members of Congress. It's a bipartisan list. The speaker herself's involved. So you can take that for what that's worth. Which way do you think this will break with extra attention being on Congress and a Congress, frankly, that's under a whole lot of political pressure right now on a lot of fronts? Yeah. So, Andrew, I, I like to think that the American public is informed or at least they attempt to inform themselves. But I think everyone is aware the last few years have really demonstrated to us that's not exactly the case. Um, the main problem I'm seeing with, I, th I think, the information being sent out is depending on what news network you're watching, what websites you peruse, you're getting a certain side to the story. Now, um, if people are angry at Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats for insider trading and they're mad at them because they're Democrats and they want to vote those people out, well, as long as they're voting out the people violating it, I'm okay with that and vice versa. However, um, you know, it is a nonpartisan issue. And I, I think we're looking at a potential situation where things get swept under the rug because at the end of the day, I, the vast majority of Americans, I think, frankly, don't care. Uh, it, people are upset about it. Everyone likes to be mad, but no one really likes to do anything about it. Uh, if, if that was the case, I think we'd have a lot more efficient uh, congressional members to begin with. Instead, people are voting with emotion or they simply look at the R or the D next to the name and they vote whoever's opposite of what they, you know, their political affiliation. They don't vote for that person, regardless of if they're supporting insider trading stocks or not. Uh, so with this election cycle, you know, Pelosi, I think, has made uh, after her term is up, she's saying she's going to retire. I doubt it. But, um, you know, when it comes to any of these people, if if people are that upset about it, make enough noise about it then you, you should be primarying these incumbents who think they're just going to get the election seat again and be able to run once more. Uh, but again, that takes initiative. It takes information. It takes a level of care. And if people aren't being personally affected by things, I have found this with many issues, all you know, from drug laws to private prisons to this insider trading, if they don't feel it in their personal life and it's hurting you know, the right people, I guess, even though it's hurting all of us, then they're going to be less inclined to take action about it. So the number one way I think this can influence elections is to make sure it remains on the forefront of uh, people's opinions 
and it doesn't get presented as a, as a means to make things more partisan and divide us. It, this should be a unifying issue, regardless of who's running for office. You should not stand for this. And if you do, I think that speaks very clearly to your intentions, what you stand for, and what you think the public office really means. And again, that list of 35 people who are beating the S&P 500, those would be the first 35 that I primary and get, and get out of office. It, it'd be that simple. Um, there's one of them in Florida. Unfortunately, he's not in my district. So I can't get rid of Brian Mast, but if I could, I would. So I implore my fellow Floridians, make it happen. Yeah, Addison Hosner joining us. Uh, one other thing on this, and just to put a bow on all this, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm a big believer in freedom and liberty, but I think accountability mm -hmm. has to go hand in hand to make that uh, applicable to everybody, which is what we want. We want the most freedom for the most amount of people. You quoted the statistic uh, from the 50s until today, the drop in approval rating that, you know, our Congress has the approval rating of a cholera outbreak right now. How important is it just as a not just as a student of history, as an attorney, but also as a citizen, when we just don't have some basic level accountability on stuff like this? How devastating is that to the whole of how we're trying to govern? Because when we don't have accountability on big things like this, that means there was a lot of little things that got us to this point. They didn't just start with $290 million across 105 members. It was a lot of little stuff that built up to that, right? So mm -hmm. just talk about that briefly to kind of put a bow on this of we got to be accountable on these little things if we're going to have a uh, free people self-governing in the United States of America, don't we? Yeah. And you know, I'm trying to think of some good examples of all the little things. There's been so many that they, they kind of all blend together. Um, the number one issue, in it, from my perspective and in my opinion on, on the lack of trust here, is when people lack trust in government officials. And for the longest time, people have always thought, well, if I just vote out this person because they're not doing what I like, I'll vote in my person, they'll change things. I mean, just look at this last election with Trump to Biden. Everyone thought we'd get rid of Trump, we bring Biden in, it will fix all the issues that Trump presented. Well, if there's anything I've learned in my life is that the president is more of a figurehead, it's more of the same it's the elected officials beneath the executive branch that actually make things happen. That's Congress. But when Congress is not helping the American public and the lack of trust is beginning to fester and really get bad, then I, I think you run into apathy. You run into a situation where voters, frankly, don't care. The issues no longer matter. It's based around more of emotionally, how do I feel about this individual? Does this make me feel like I'm winning? And when you divide the country the way we're divided now with the partisan politics, we're losing sight of what the role of government is, which is to assist the American public. But when it's clear through our you know, research on trust that that's not happening and that the American public, regardless of who they vote, really, is getting you know, the short end of the stick, I think apathy at the polls will continue to rise. And with that, you're going to have the less informed voters voting as the more informed vo voters realize does it really matter who wins? Because even if I get my candidate in, if, again, the majority of those 105 are still around, well, they can filibuster and completely prevent the bills that would regulate these issues from passing. And that's what I think the risk we're running. But, you know, we're at 105 right now out of 535 of voting congressional members. Let's stop the bleeding. And apathy is the number one danger to any progress, whether it's in your personal professional life. And if we let apathy govern our own ideas of what government should be, then I don't think fixing the issue, I mean, it's never going to fix itself, but it certainly won't get better. And this is very 1984 to say, but the longer you let these, these things erode, eventually your freedoms will begin to erode until you realize, wait a minute, I don't like this. 
we need to stop it. It's too late. You've already let it happen. And that's kind of what you're alluding to. The small things continue to add up to these big things. And once these big things are in place, forget it. You're, you're not going to be able to you know, roll the cat back into the bag. So my biggest you know, imploring the American people and any of your listeners is just to remain you know, adamant to get public officials who truly stand for what they say. They want to see the good of this country succeed. And they stand for you know, free market liberty, for individual rights. And regardless of their political affiliation, that should not matter. Vote on the issues and vote for what is going to assist us in enforcing our rule of law and keeping everyone honest and accountable. That's what a society is. To quote George Costanza, we live in a society. Let's make it happen. Yeah. And uh, if they're corrupt, it doesn't really matter what the rest of their politics are. You're not going to get anything good out of them anyway. Uh, Addison Hosner, I so appreciate your time, sir, today. Another of the great Young Voices contributors that we partner with. Uh, let folks know where they can find you on social media and the writing things you have going on so they can continue to follow you uh, until we can get around to getting you back on later, sir. Yep. So uh, the best place to follow me, occasionally I'll make a post. I'm on Instagram under a professional account at attorney underscore Addison. Um, on LinkedIn, I occasionally make posts and update on what I'm doing. Uh, but at the Young Voices uh, website as well, you can find my talent page on there in which you'll provide links to all the work I've done previously and what I will do in the future. Uh, and overall, Andrew, I, I really appreciate uh, having me on and look forward to talking with you in the future. Yep. And that Young Voices talent page, he'll be one like Brad Palumbo. I'm going to make sure they don't ever put my picture right beside his, because while I can compete well in the arena of idea, my headshot just can't compete with folks like y'all. But I do appreciate your opinions and views, sir. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. We'll have you back again soon, I hope. Thank you, Andrew. Much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Great job. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.